and welcome to Clear Out. I'm your host, Nihal Qatar. As always, I'm joined by my brother, Sahil. Before we get into this episode, I want to remind you guys to email us at clearoutpodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments about the trade deadline or things that are going on in the NBA. Uh, we always love to answer fan questions. You can also reach us at Twitter at clearoutpod. With that being said, let's get right into it. It has been an insanely eventful week in the NBA, just a massive week, and uh, you know, NBA is winning. NBA is winning this week, so good, good for the league. There's been a lot of buzz around it. Today, we are going to be talking about three things. We're going to be talking about the record-breaking moment that LeBron had becoming the all-time leading scorer in NBA history, and we are going to be talking about the two blockbuster trades involving the Brooklyn Nets. This will be part one of two of our trade deadline podcasts. On Monday, we will release a part two where we talk about some of the more, I don't want to say minor, but minor <laughs> trades. Um, so, Sal, how you doing? How do uh-huh. you feel after trade deadline 2023? I'm all right. I was, I was, I, I was taking an exam during when the trade line ended, and I was, I was thinking a couple times across my mind, like I wonder if just like the biggest trade in NBA history happened. But turns out the turns out the the last hour or two wasn't that eventful. Yeah, nothing in the last 15 minutes either, as far as I remember. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was crazy that these last couple of days. Last night I was getting ready to go to sleep. Last night being Wednesday night, I, I was I was getting ready to go to sleep, and then all of a sudden the Kevin Durant news breaks, and I'm watching ESPN and uh, just like refreshing Twitter every two seconds. That was, I mean that that is very similar to how the Kawhi trade went or the Paul. Was it the Paul George trade? No, Kawhi. It was the Paul George trade. Paul George trade, yes, yeah. But I think it might have coincided with Kawhi's decision. It might have been at the was, same time. Yeah, it was like yeah. around the same time. Yeah. Like that. That I, was at like three a.m. Though I think. Yeah, yeah, it was, but it was during the summer. Yeah. So. Um, but, uh, th- yeah, it, it was. It's just been an insane couple of days. Where we thought we were, the last time we recorded, the landscape of the NBA has completely changed, based on these two trades, but. As I teased a little bit earlier, the first thing we want to talk about today is LeBron James becoming the all-time leading scorer in NBA history, passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in a 133-130 loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, that happened on Tuesday. Um, so, uh, you know, it, I mean, it was pretty cool to see. We've seen two really, two insane NBA records being broken in the last two years, two seasons. Uh, last year, we saw Steph Curry making the three-point record. This one is, I mean, I think is, is more incredible, obviously. Uh, a record a lot of people thought nobody would break just for the sheer long uh, longevity it takes and longevity. That's the word, right? Longevity. Yeah, I think longevity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It is late, so I apologize if we, if we get into, you know, if, we, if we're not as articulate as we, as we usually are. Um, as I stumble over my words. Um, but the, yeah, it's a combination of playing at elite level and longevity that before LeBron, I mean, that was that was Kareem. I mean, Kareem was around for forever, playing at a super high level. Uh, to put it into perspective, you'd have to score, you'd have to average 25 points per game for 20 years straight, playing 82 games to reach where LeBron is right now in terms of points. And LeBron's just going to continue to add to that. So, ridiculous. I mean, it is a ridiculous record. Um, it was a pretty phenomenal moment. We have a very, uh, I think, a unique like 
appreciation and understand not unique but uh, you, you know we're bucks fans but uh we spent most of our life in ohio now so i think we 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 grew up with lebron as everybody did but everyone around us is like either Cavs or pistons fans um so i mean i think he means so much to this region um and uh and obviously to the nba so it's it's pretty phenomenal and you know just being top, the, the the top scorer of all time and fourth in, in assists in nba history those two things combined, I, that I, and I and I don't really see people talking about that at a national level. But like, just think about those two things. Think about how many points you create having the most points in NBA history and the fourth most assists in NBA history. That is insane. It's it's phenomenal. I mean, and it's it's the whole body of work is incredible. Winning three different titles with three different teams. The amount of seasons he's played that he's added on to his career by playing in the playoffs and being as available as he has in the playoffs mm-hmm. um, throughout his entire career, going to you know nine straight Eastern Conference Finals or whatever the number was, uh, uh, like a dynasty unto himself. Um, that it's just uh, it's just it's just crazy. And you know, I I obviously am I'm I'm 23 years old and LeBron for as long as I can remember and as long as I've been watching basketball. LeBron has been um, a key figure, if not the best player, one of the best players at, at all times that he's been in the league. And um, it's very fitting that he was able to break it here. And uh, yeah, he's a player that, you know, just his combination of power and footwork around the basket, his the way he's able to break down defenses, not only with his, his strength and his skill, but also with his mind. Um it's just a unique blend of characteristics, not to mention in his peak, his athletic prime, maybe the greatest athlete we've seen on an NBA court. Um, so j- just absolutely a phenomenal career, and it's something that we, uh, you know, NBA fans shouldn't lose sight of uh, between all the, you know, hoopla that happens from week to week. Well, and I, and I think something else that has to always be a part of the LeBron conversation is that he had the highest expectations of any North American athlete ever. And he exceeded those expectations. You know, back, you were, you were what? You were three when he was drafted, yeah. when LeBron James was drafted. <laughs> I was, um, I think, how, how old would I have been? Eight You've years been old. Eight, yeah. I, I was eight years old. And, you know, back before everyone had cell phones, you know, when we were on the toilet, we would read magazines, right? <laughs> That's what we used to do. We could be scrolling through Twitter. We could be on our phone. We used to read magazines. And my, my go-to uh, business magazine, I'll say, was Sports Illustrated. And I, and I remember, I, I don't remember if it was the Chosen article, but I do remember reading about LeBron in Sports Illustrated before he was drafted. And just being so excited about him, and then him obviously going to the Cavaliers. Um, there, I, I, there has just never been so much hype, so much pressure. I mean, ESPN being at high school games in 2002 is crazy to think about. Uh, and to have that, to even have that much hype without social media being around, that's so much pressure on an 18-year-old. And there are reasons to disagree with some of the stuff LeBron does or says, but... I'm just so impressed being where he was at the age he was, having all those expectations on him, playing in his kind of hometown. Akron is not Cleveland, but playing kind of in his hometown and exceeding those 
expectations to becoming potentially the best player in NBA history. And also, I, I just being as like articulate and well-spoken as, as he is in the heat of the moment or in moments like this, I mean, he, he just has been a great face for the league. Uh, and probably the most famous non-soccer athlete that's ever lived. I mean, Michael Jordan. But pro- Michael Jordan and LeBron are probably the two most famous non-soccer... Well... Yeah, I mean, there, there, I there's a lot of contenders, but sure. he's, like, he's certainly up there. There's Olympians, there's he, Muhammad Ali. He's going to be in the... Yeah. He's, I, I don't want to say that, but I, for, for North American sports, I'll say. Um, he is... Or for American, for American sports from the United States, he and Michael Jordan are, are the most famous athletes to, to, uh, to come out of America and, and play American sports. And I don't know. I, I, I think it was against the Heat. After the finals, he had just played... I don't know if they had won or if it was after some a particular game. I just remember being, oh, you know what? It was after a playoff game after Jacob Blake. Um, and I, I just remember him after the Jacob Blake shooting. I, I just remember being so impressed. Just He just got off the court and was talking about it. And I don't know. I'm probably talking you about You know, it. I think that was actually, um, I mean, he. I think he did have some good words after, after Jacob Blake. But I think what you're thinking about was literally the first game of the NBA bubble. I think he, uh, he, that was, you know, the summer after the, the Black Lives Matter movement with George oh, that's Floyd's what it was. death yes. and everything. Yes. So he was asked to speak about it after he'd hit like a game winning yes, shot or something. Yes, that's yeah. right. That is what and it he, was. And he did very, so very eloquently. Yeah. yeah, he did it eloquently. And man, I, I, I really like LeBron James. I haven't enjoyed the Lakers years as much because I just don't really like the Lakers. The cards on the table. I probably shouldn't be admitting that on a basketball podcast. <laughs> but, um. I mean, now, you know, you see them in 13th place. I, I, they've become a little bit more likable to me. Very sure. Recently. I mean, I just like Le- I like LeBron. Yeah. I just, it just annoyed me that they had fans in Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> but I, it, it is what it is. I mean, yeah, it is what it is. That's... Um, like, so many of my friends in high school were Lakers fans. And I was like, why? <laughs> what do you... Yeah, well, when I was in high school, LeBron was on the Cavs. Right. So yeah, I think mo- most people I knew were, were Cavs fans. I remember... Into the summer of 2014, when Le- when LeBron was coming back, how how much that meant to everyone here. Um, just a the great title, look. winning a title here was yeah momentous. Coming back down three one against arguably the greatest team in NBA history assembled, or, or actually, well that was that was the year before they got Kevin Durant, of course. But that that team won 73 right. wins that they beat, and um, and then the th- and then the thing with LeBron too is like he has all these numbers, he has all these the, the, these numbers in totality, but like. He's not someone where the numbers in a given box score is going to overstate his impact. No. Anything it can understate, yeah. I think, sometimes. Well, LeBron James does in a basketball court. Um, and, yeah, like you said, you know, LeBron can be cringe. He can be a bit over the top. You know, he can he can say the wrong thing for sure. And, you know, he, he's, he's... But he's also been scrutinized since he's been, you no, know, exactly. like 16 years old or whatever. Maybe exactly. younger. So, um, yeah. One of the greatest athletes we will ever see uh, in the sporting world, for sure. Right. And, and there are soccer players who I think do are comparable to like one of our friends brought up Neymar the other day. But, I mean, I think one of the also the fundamental differences between maybe something like that and LeBron is after every game, you have to do a media availability. <laughs> I mean, he's talking every single day to the media since he's like 16, 17 years old. So... Um, it's crazy. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, it. We should be talking about this a lot because it's such a momentous moment in NBA history. 
but we just had maybe two of the big, two of the biggest in-season trades of the last decade, um, and three of the biggest in-season trades have taken place with this particular team, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, but the, before we move, I mean, do you have anything else you want to say about about? No, but Brian? I agree. It's important to highlight because you're only you may see this only once. This this could be he could hold this for the rest of our lives. So. Yeah, superstars will get traded. I mean, it's probably going to happen again next year. But right. uh, th- this, this, no, this, you're right. This is history. This is absolutely, absolutely history. Congratulations to LeBron James, and you know it doesn't look like he's going to be done anytime soon, just based on the way he's playing basketball. So um, he's going to add it. Maybe he'll be the first forty thousand point scorer in NBA regular season history, which would be pretty cool. Um, all right, let's talk about the Nets trades. So. Um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put up both trades. We're, I'm just gonna go through the details of both trades, and then we'll we'll talk about the, what it means for the Suns. We'll talk about the Mavericks a little bit, and then we'll we'll finish off with the Nets, which I think we can agree is probably the least interesting team now of those three teams. So, uh, starting with the Kevin Durant trade, which was the blockbuster trade, and this trade actually involved four teams. We're only gonna be talking about um, the Suns and Nets, but I'll go through the whole trade in general. Um, so the Suns received Kevin Durant and TJ Warren. The Nets received Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Juan Pablo Vallet. Who is that? I don't remember that being reported, but <laughs> he's, this is officially from NBA.com. Uh, four first-round picks, um, one 2028 first-round pick swap, and then uh, the Nets also received two second-round picks from uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks received Jay Crowder, and then the Pacers got George Hill, Serge Ibaka, Jordan Moore, and three second-round picks from Milwaukee. So we'll talk about the Bucks probably on Monday on part two. Uh, but the headline here, obviously, is is Kevin Durant. And then the other trade the Nets made um, was they traded Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris to Dallas for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, 2027 second, two second-round picks, and a 2029 unprotected first-round pick. So... The Nets acquiring uh, five first-round picks and a first-round pick swap, along with like four or five second-round picks. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, Cam Johnson, Mikel Bridges, um, and trading away their two best players. So I, I'm sorry I was long-winded. Um, it's but, a long trade. <laughs> yeah, crazy, crazy stuff to happen during the season. Let's talk about the Suns. And I, you know I have been high on the Suns since before the season started. Um, I, I Even to this day, bef- or even until Monday, before they traded for Kevin Durant, I thought they were a championship contender. I mean, they've been without Devin Booker for this stretch where they've fallen out of the top three in the West. Um, Chris Paul's been in and out of the lineup. I thought they were a really good team. This makes them maybe the best team in the NBA. Um, I, I I don't know if I'm there yet. Maybe the best team in the NBA, certainly a top two team in the West. Uh, and it's it's a sign of in, it's a sign of intent from the 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 new Suns owner. Um, you know he he said he wanted to make a trade and and he did. He made a huge trade for them. So, well, what does this mean for the Suns? And we also we apologize. We this is probably the like least technical prep we've ever done in a podcast we're just we're just gonna be talking about it you know talking about our feelings we don't, yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't do that enough 
No, I mean, this is, yeah, I mean, it's trades, trades have big implications, so it's a lot of big picture talk. I mean, Kevin Durant, obviously, one of the greatest players of all time, joining the Phoenix Suns, and he still, he still has been playing amazing before he got injured this season, Um, and, I mean, you just, you just look at a lineup now of DeAndre Ayton, TJ Warren, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul, I mean, that's... What was that order? You were just going from five to one? Yeah, well, I, I think I just switched... Kevin Durant and TJ Warren. Although, yeah. other than that, I think I got my order right. Sure. Sort of. Unless you want to put... Yeah. <laughs> well, um, is DeAndre Ayton headlining the Suns lineup? <laughs> no, it was it was 5-1, to one, except I switched 3 and 4. Sure. Yeah. There, there we go. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, four first-round picks, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson. I mean, you do what you got to do, though, to get a player like Kevin Durant. And, you know, stylistically, I think Kevin Durant does do a lot of the things definitely shot profile wise it's going to be a lot of jump shooting still with Kevin Durant they're going to shoot a lot of mid-rangers like they've always loved to do with Devin Booker and Chris Paul they're going to be an insane pick and roll attack like like they like they already have been um but I mean you know it's impressive what the Suns have done overall this season and where they are right now I mean they're they fell to 20th in offense a lot because of Devin Booker's injury but obviously with Booker on his way or Booker already back now and Kevin Durant coming back soon um, they won't rush him back, but I'm sure he'll get a decent amount of playing time in this season. I mean, I think they'll be back um, in the swing of things, and they'll have enough time to really ramp up and be a serious contender, as you say. And I mean, there's a lot more. I mean, there's a lot more to talk about, but I mean, you you made a finals two years ago. You've had awesome regular seasons. Eventually, you got to push the chips in front of the table if it's not if if you're not getting the playoff results you want, and and Chris Paul's aging. Right. Well, and, and that's where I, I don't know if I necessarily agree. They could have done a soft reset, kind of, and traded Chris Paul and, and built around Booker and Aiton in a different... I agree. Just, but Kevin Durant wanted to play for the Suns. No, exactly. So you take that opportunity. You have to take that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're likely never going to get a player as good as Kevin Durant in franchise history ever again. I mean... Because there are only so many. You yeah, know, exactly. There's there's more, yeah. <laughs> there's less franchises than players. No. Or, or that's what I mean. That players color. than franchises. No, no, yeah. sure. No, yeah. that's not anything against the Suns. Yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, they already have Devin Booker, who's no, a great sure. player. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I think you, you got to do it. Um, you know, they, they, they didn't trade Booker, which I don't think would ever have been on the table. I think they probably would have preferred to get rid of Chris Paul than some of those other guys. Um, but, uh, you know... Uh, Woj had said over and over again that night that this trade was not going to happen without Mikel Bridges. So that's what that's what put it over the top. Um, and Mikel Bridges is one of the more valuable young players in the, in the NBA. Absolutely. Um, but it's just, you know, if you have Chris Paul bringing the ball up the court and you have Kevin Durant on one wing and Devin Booker on the other wing, I mean, that that's pretty scary. <laughs> um, it's absolutely scary. And I think... We've already seen Chris Paul's body kind of giving out on him a little bit and it's starting to happen, but if he's, and his usage has been dropping, but if he's tasked with being the third ball handler, I just feel like that's a much more palatable role at this point in his career. Um, Aiden, I mean, for someone who's wanted more touches before, I mean, and now he's just pretty much going to be rolling to the basket. I'm assuming they're not going to be able to fit any post touches for him, but I think Aiden's more than capable of, of, of providing that role too as the as a fourth usage guy, or maybe even fifth with TJ Warren, who likes to get up shots. Um, I mean, and, and you know, you and you keep some useful bench pieces in Shamit and Sharich and Londale. No, they, they traded Sharich away, actually. That, I think that happened during your exam. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was one of the minor trades. They, they they don't they no longer have Dario Saric. Let me bring up that trade in the meantime while I say uh, I think Tory Craig is going to be getting a lot of minutes. No, that that um, definitely makes sense, and that and that and that kind of fits well for them because he's a player that you could see being more valuable proportionally in the playoffs anyway right. than in the regular season that you could see him getting more right. more minutes, especially. They traded Saric in a second rounder for Darius Baisley, so another nice bench piece. Um, yeah. for them. From the Thunder. Feels so, like Baisley, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, just like a wing defender that they can throw out there, kind of. Um, I I did... Well, one thing that stood out to me just is going to be... It's going to be interesting how they handle... I, I assume that Book is going to get a lot of the premier wing matchups that they run into. Um, yeah, which 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 will be interesting. Defense, you mean? Yeah. I uh, know. I think, think it's Roy Craig. I don't think TJ Warren's going to start. Okay. In the playoffs, at least. No, that okay. That makes more sense then. That makes much more sense now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, TJ Warren, and, and that just fits TJ Warren's skill set too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he can get a high usage off the bench. Yeah. I mean, you you bring TJ Warren in for Kevin Durant or Devin Booker, like, and he just spells those minutes. I mean. Yeah, it's similar to what the Bucks did was kind of starting Wes Matthews a couple years ago, or last year, or. Yeah. Yeah, last year. Yeah. 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 Except TJ Warren's a much better scorer than whoever the Bucks were bringing off the bench. For sure. Um. No, I mean, TJ Warren, I think, does get a little bit lost. Like, that's that's a nice piece that they were able to get back to um, as compensation. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they lost their two best defenders in one who's not playing um, in, in Jake Crowder. Uh, but, but they lost Mikel Bridges, like, who, who had uh, whoever the opponent's best player was. It seems like he was guarding them um, in the regular season, uh, unless they were a center. <laughs> um, but... So, I mean, that should be a problem. But, I mean, you just look at the other teams in the West, and there are just no... There are no real balanced teams. Like, you have the Nuggets, who can't play defense. They made some trades that might help them in that respect. You have the Mavericks, who got worse on defense. Um, yeah. Better on offense. Trading away their best wing defender, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you have the Clippers, who theoretically could be a balanced team, but have just been awful on offense and have not looked competent on that end of the floor. Um, I mean, they just take bad shots, and I don't even understand what I'm watching when I'm watching the Clippers on offense. Well, it's hard to develop an identity when, you're, when your guys aren't playing half the time. Well, so. that's true, too. Yeah. But, but, I mean, that is that is the one team that could match up against the Suns. I know. I, I think I think that makes sense. I, I think the Grizzlies have, have a two-way potential. Um, I mean, they've just had such an erratic recent stretch yeah but um i could well, well and if you're playing the grizzlies it's like if you want to play tory craig you give john out on defense um at For least sure. in terms of a matchup so i mean yeah. that that's what's gonna happen uh in 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 this in this playoff run for the suns that being said, I mean, sorry, I cut you off so you can continue i mean no no but i mean like but, but to your point i mean i like i like your point like I mean, yeah, to tory craig you give john out on defense and and tory craig is gonna compromise your spacing a little bit but the thing about this shot profile and these shot makers is like literally. spacing literally is not that meaningful. No, it's not. <laughs> Devin Booker and 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 Kevin Durant can get whatever shot they want in in the mid range. Um, so if they're able to get a useful buyout guy on the wing too, I mean you can play lineups with multiple non shooters and you'll be yeah. fine. I mean I think Will Bar I mean Will Barton's not necessarily a wing, but I mean I think that could be an interesting piece for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, we'll see who the buyout guys are. I'm sure they will be very active in the buyout market, and they're going to be very attractive in the buyout market. I think it's going to be the Celtics, Bucks, and, and Suns really vying for, for some of these guys um, in the buyout market. 
And the Suns are the team that can offer the most playing time and the most impactful roster slot to, to these guys. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I we'll, see, we'll see how they... Uh, the one thing concerning on offense is they don't really have someone that can like take put the ball on the floor and take it to the... I mean, Kevin Durant can, and Devin Booker can, but... It's uh, not their go-to. No, it's not. So it'll be interesting to see how what they incorporate into their offense to get easy looks at the rim. Or if it matters if they don't. Because I think that's... I think that's a, I think Kevin Durant is such an interesting player because... So, you know, normally what I'll worry about is if you're so reliant on jump shooting that... I mean, we're talking about seven-game playoff series where you can just miss shots. It's, it's happened to teams all the time. But Kevin Durant's the one jump shooter that it's like... it's. I feel like he just gives you... He's... he's possibly maybe the best mid-range shooter of all time and he just gives you such a high baseline there he's always able to get clean looks because of his size like I just feel like he's giving you so much as a baseline there but you're right they do need to eventually you are gonna need to get to the line a little bit they're 27th in free throw rate that's something they've never really been great at partly because they're not shooting much at the rim um and I think Kevin Durant can definitely get to the line he can he can do the rip through move a little bit you know they can they they can maybe get to like average in terms of getting to the line in some of those games probably not they're probably still going to be um you know losing that that free throw battle because they also uh they also give up uh, a lot of free throws on the other end too you know so in a weird way i i don't think ayton's volume will actually go up but i don't think you i think you might not see a huge drop off in his volume because they're just going to be so pick and roll yeah, focused. Exactly. No, that makes sense. Yeah, um, they're going to be so pick and roll f- focused. They don't really. I mean, they have Bismack Biombo, I guess, but they they don't really have a bench right now. Uh, you know, Pat Bev will be interesting on the team too, um, for them. Um, but I, 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 yeah, I mean, I think Aiton could actually might be able to thrive in this. I think I think teams are going to be so focused on the mid range, they're going to maybe. On the pick and roll, they're going to overplay on either book or or KD, um, and you can't help off of those other. You can't you can't help off of book, and you can't help off of KD. Um, so so Aiton might get some some nice easy looks. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, and I think you know Monty is someone who doesn't. He's not one of the coaches that's just going to say go out there, figure it out. And, he actually runs right. pretty intricate sets, a lot of Spain pick and roll, a lot of complicated actions with like multiple screens. Right. Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant, the great thing about him is that he buys into that all the time. Right. He, we saw him with the Warriors. They, their system didn't skip a beat, even, and they had one of the best isolation scores in the league. Right. So it's it's crazy how he can just fit into systems, but yet get his own buckets. Well, and what's kind of fascinating is if you look at the current top ten in the West, and that obviously is going to change, and you know, team, you know, the Lakers could be in there pretty soon. DeAndre Ayton might be the the best. Defensive big. I'm trying to think. Like that play that starts. That starts at the five. I mean, well, Anthony Davis. I said top ten. Oh, top ten. My bad. That's <laughs> why uh, so I said the Lakers could be in there. So I mean, Davis is obviously. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. And then Jaron Jackson is not doesn't start at the five, but could. Yeah. could I mean, could in a series. He, yeah, because Jaron Jackson. That's a good. I one. believe he did start at the five in that Timberwolves I mean, series last year. That's probably what's going to end up happening. Jaron Jackson's probably going to end up starting at the five. I mean, if not playing a lot of meaningful sure. minutes there, but is he going to stay off on the court? And I, I was going to say like I, I and and the the fact that Jaron Jackson's still getting into this this problem where he's fouling so much, it's just. 
I feel like in a series like that against the Suns, that can just really cost you. Yeah. Because no, he's going to be so key. But, but my point is, I mean, eight, who is going to even guard Aiden in the West? Yeah. I mean, look at the top teams in the West. Who's, who's going to guard him? I mean, yeah, not in a way, not, there's not going to be many defenders that are going to be equipped to, you know, get up high to the level of the screen. Right. You know, contest Devin Booker and, and and Chris Paul, then get back and defend the lob to DeAndre. There's no Giannis. Yeah, there's, there's, no, no, there's, there's, there's no, no, there's no Robert Williams. There's no Joel Embiid. There's no Bam Adebayo. They're all not even like yeah, not least. even like a Pascal Siakam no, yeah. level. Like yeah, like the. I mean, it's Jaren. That, yeah, that's did you say Mobley too? I mean, there's a Mobley yeah, in Jaren. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah Jaren. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, and then you think about the other end where. The Suns have been great. They've been forcing a lot of turnovers this year. They've mm-hmm. been uh, holding their te- the opposition to a low field goal percentage. They're 10th in the league in defense. And Mikhail Bridges, obviously huge, huge loss. I mean, uh, he's a defensive player of the year type guy. I mean, he was second yeah. last year. But Kevin Durant, I mean, is no joke defensively. Absolutely. I mean, that and was going to be my he's, next point. He's maybe having his best defensive season. And, you, you, and Aiden, as much as he can be on and off defensively, he, in the playoffs, like you can switch with him. So if we talk about that lineup where, or let's say Chris Paul can only play like 25 minutes or he gets hurt or something, I mean, you get a lineup with TJ Warren, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton, and uh, and Torrey Craig. Okay. So, I mean, that's a pretty switchable lineup you can put in the playoffs. Did you say Torrey Craig twice? Did I say Torrey Craig twice? Torrey Craig, DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. Yes, no, you didn't. Yeah. Okay. No, because Ayton can switch. No, he can. He's he's like capable of doing that relatively to a lot of starting big man in the NBA. Like, that's a lineup that you can you feel comfortable switching. Yeah. So they're going to be versatile on that end, and they've held together really well this season without Devin Booker, who is, a, I think, a plus defender at this point in his career. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It'll be interesting. I, Terrence Ross could be an interesting pickup for them. I'm just going through some of the bio can- Like, you know, Danny Green, um, he's, he's expected to be bought out. Uh, Serge Ibaka, maybe. I mean, they have... They have Biombo. I don't. I'm not convinced Ibaka is better than Biombo at this point. Oh God, Biombo is gonna look even better. No, I know. He's, he already looks good, just like yeah, randomly starting plays, games. Yeah, yeah. Whatever he plays <laughs> for the Suns, he looks good. So, um, no, but that was actually gonna be my next point. Is as Kevin Durant's defense is consistently slept on. He, I, he was. He kept the Nets in the series against the Bucks defensively when his other two stars went down. I mean, he was that good on defense. Yeah. No, he's he, he he he's incredible on that end, especially when. All right, incredible is a little. Okay, yeah, incredible is a little. <laughs> he's he's very good on that end, underrated for sure. He's not incredible <laughs> on that end, but I mean, especially though, I think in a playoff series, I think he actually can be incredible in a given series. Yeah, he can be. Just because he he can use more of his energy on. I mean, he can. He's specifically going to go all out for those games. So if if the Clippers go small, assuming that doesn't include Plumlee, um. Are they? Do you play Aiton still because he's switchable, or do you play Katie at the five? See, I just uh, yeah, I think Aiton is a strong enough defender. He's going to give you some of those traditional rim protection things. And like we talked about before, I don't think it's valuable enough to get another shooter out there when you guys have guys who can just like Devin Booker and Katie who can just make shots. You don't think the Suns can take advantage of Aiton? I mean, I guess they'll probably take advantage. I mean, the Clippers can take advantage. The Clippers, yeah. Uh, I mean. I mean, I just, so maybe, you know, maybe, maybe they would do, they could do a similar thing where you put 
The problem is the Clippers have, like, they can put five competent shooters out there. So it's not like you can try to take Aiden out of the primary action mm-hmm. and you can just try to have him, like, weak side Robert Williams-style mm-hmm. rover. Because I could see him being pretty good at that, too. Maybe if that if he's just asked to do that one thing on defense. Um, but how, can you play that way against the Clippers? Yeah, I don't know, because they might have five good enough shooters. Yeah. That there's not, like, a Terrence man for Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert to rub off of in that one series. And, and yeah, but he which didn't work anyway. out. It didn't work out. But that was the concept. Which seemed good in theory until it didn't. Until it wasn't. And the Clippers knocked I mean, out the But jazz. they literally have Terrence Mann. Yeah. <laughs> no, try it again. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But I, I think um, it'll be interesting. I, I think, I, I think though, just to have that size, that can be really useful. And just to have a roller, too. Mm-hmm. Just, just to consistently have a roller who can, um, who can slip a screen, maybe, if you're trying to switch... And and do some things in the mid range area like hit a, hit a hit a floater. Um, I mean, I don't love DeAndre Aiden like trying to be super dynamic, but I think that I, I just think that it can give them more variety. And more importantly, I just don't know what I think he's one of their five best players, and it would be nice to have him out there in a lineup when I think he can switch well enough defensively, and the spacing is not going to be that much of a problem with their shot profile. Yeah, absolutely. Um. I mean, and the, the not fun thing to talk about, but like I think is worth mentioning is, you know, Kevin Durant. He's had a lot of injury concerns over the last few years. Chris Paul, a lot of injury concerns, especially coming into the playoffs. Health is going to be a big Book. thing for this Book team. Too. Yeah, Book's been getting hurt more these last few years. I mean, TJ Warren's still, you know, he. I mean, he's not still fully back yet. Um, I mean, he he is, but I think you need, yeah, you need Booker and Durant to be a, a, t- a title contender and. Um, and possibly, possibly all of those other guys are invaluable too, just because of the, the the depth that they've traded away. So right. Also, is it, is this Kevin Love might be bought out? Uh, I feel like that is the craziest buyout candidate I've ever seen while watching the NBA. I I feel like that can't be true. I feel like they, they definitely he he definitely could have gotten trade value if they traded him. I mean, he's out of the rotation though. I know that, but. I mean, so is Jay Crowder for not, not for well, different reasons. Is anyone going to take yeah, time for yeah. Kevin Love's salary? But yeah, but why would you buy him out? He could be useful in the playoffs. Anyway, I was just going through the bio candidates. Yeah, if anything, just to keep him away from someone else as, the, as a competing team, right. too. Oh my god, if he came to Milwaukee, I'd be so happy. Can that you imagine be... Kevin Love at the four and Giannis at the five line? Okay, no, we're not talking about the Bucks. That's for money. Yeah, I mean... We'll talk, no, we'll talk about... We'll talk I think that would have its limitations, too, of course. Sure, but. whatever. Just, just, let me, just let me enjoy myself. Just, just, let, just let you relive your, your childhood when you were watching LeBron and Kevin Love play. Childhood? Or not childhood. I was, like, 20. <laughs> you were 20 when you were watching LeBron and Kevin Love play. When did they both get back to Cleveland? 2014? Yeah. You're probably I was literally 20. <laughs> I think I was 19, actually. My childhood was LeBron and Eric Snow and Danielle Marshall. Yeah, so my childhood was like the Heatles. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, no, it, I saw it, it, I saw those terrible... Toledo was a buzz when they traded for Anton Jameson. So you remember like the Wade and Shaq championship? Of course I remember yeah, that. I, yeah, I mean, I like vaguely... I was, I was, I was five or six, but I don't... That seems like a that seemed like a fun team to watch. The first the first NBA championship I remember is the third Kobe Shaq one. Wow. Yeah. No. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, no. No. You know what? No. That's. I mean, I kind of remember that. The first one I like vividly remember is the Pistons' first one, because that was obviously a huge yeah. deal here, um, and like they were my second favorite team um, because of that. I used to go. I used to go to the Palace quite a bit actually. Okay, but you were pretty old by that point. I mean, you were like nine. I was nine. Yeah. yeah okay. So you just. 
But you have to remember, like, like an NFL guy before that. There was no internet. There was not yeah, much yeah. internet. <laughs> I mean, there was internet. It was not that old. But I, yeah, I was more of an NFL guy. There wasn't much internet, like, or I didn't know where to go on the internet. Um, it's not like now where I could get League Pass. No, no, of course. I remember the 2009 season. We we didn't have a league pass or anything. I would just look up the Buck score, and I was like, I would like try. There would be like a big games. Like it's just a play by play, and I would just like right. watch it while the Bucks were playing. Right. And then, then you would actually turn on the Bucks every now and then, and Carlos Delfino would let you down. Yeah. Um, well, the first the first time I saw LeBron <laughs> in person was a Bucks game in Cleveland where Desmond Mason got ejected. So. Uh, we'll, we'll have to look that one up. Um, <laughs> we also went to a Bucks Cleveland game this year, but that's wow, true. The, the LeBron, um, the LeBron segment at the beginning really got us reflective, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's also late. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about. Are, are, you have anything else on the Suns you want to talk about? I feel like we're going to be talking about them going forward. We will definitely. Quite a bit, and I want to so. do a, like a, a contender check in at some point before the playoffs, where we kind of just go through mm-hmm. who we think are the strongest teams, who we think are yeah. maybe not contenders, or you know, so stuff like that. But I'm so super excited to talk about some of these series. There's going to be some great series in the first and second round. Absolutely. In both conferences. Let's talk about another potential contender, the Dallas Mavericks. Um, they received Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris. They lose Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, you know, Kyrie, this whole thing started, Kyrie was kind of the first domino. I mean, I guess James Harden was the first domino, if you want to go back. But uh, this season, Kyrie uh, wanted out. Uh, they traded him, the, the Nets traded him. Uh, and actually, the Suns were in on him. It was reported that they offered Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and I think a first or a couple firsts for Kyrie Irving. So interesting how that worked out. Uh, it ended up working out better for the Suns. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, that's better. Yeah, um, <laughs> definitely. Well, I mean, like Kyrie, Book, Mikel, Cam Johnson, and Aiden's also pretty dirty. Like that's a pretty crazy lineup. Yes, but I mean, Katie's a better player, obviously. Obviously, of course, yeah. But uh, you're not sacrificing Mikel, of course. Like, and, so, but but I just think Chris Paul. Yeah. I, it, at the end of the day, you're still trying to rely on Kyrie. Absolutely. Uh, we, Kyrie did make his debut. Uh, for the Mavericks without Luka Doncic, uh, they ended up uh, winning that game, I believe. He scored 24 points and a win over the Clippers. Uh, he looked really good. He looked comfortable. Um, I got to say, it was kind of impressive that he literally just like landed in Dallas and then was leading the offense a day later. Um, he, lo- he looked really good when I was watching. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, we also, we will actually be having a, um, the, uh, We'll be having Bobby Corral on, who does um, work for the Dallas Mavericks, uh, to talk about the Mavericks next week. That was already planned before all of this went down, <laughs> and we were—I was like, you know, we can wait out. To, we were talking about it, and we're like, maybe we'll wait until after the trade deadline. Really glad that we did that. Yeah. Um, he'll be on, but he does a lot of great work. He does Dallas uh, yeah. film study on their YouTube channel, but um, so we'll go very in depth on the Mavericks then. But initially. Does this make Dallas more of a contender than they were? I mean, I think I think that you want to say the obvious answer is yes, obviously. I mean, I think it raises their ceiling. I think it does. Yeah, I definitely think it raises their ceiling. I mean, just seeing as I did not think they were a contender. Um, no. Just based on how the season has went, I did not think they were a contender. The defense, it seemed kind of smoke and mirrors from last year, not holding up as well this year. Um Luca, you know, having to maintain the highest usage rate, but I think it might be like the highest ever if it continues at this rate. The offense is awful with him off the floor, too. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I mean that's going to help. I mean, you're going to have Kyrie Irving. I'm assuming uh, Jason Kidd is going to want to stagger them and get one of them on the court the entire time, and that's going to be better than uh, Dinwiddie-led units. But I think... I think losing Dorian Finney-Smith is, is such a huge deal. Like, But how else are you going to get Kyrie without... You're not going to. You're not going to. He gave up one first-round pick. Yeah. I mean, and obviously a lot of that... I mean, a ton of that is with the baggage. I mean, like, sure. if Kyrie is inherently, like, a normal person who's and, not and going to... And free agency. Yeah. So. Like, there's so much going on there that... And I guess I guess in a way, like... Like, it... The, it's kind of nice in that way because okay, if Kyrie if it doesn't work out, Kyrie just walks. You didn't lose like that much. To me though, that would be kind of a huge loss because you're losing a guy that Luca loves and Dorian Finney-Smith and a first round pick and Spencer Dinwiddie, who's just still one of your like you know more accomplished NBA players. I mean, I like Josh Green. I like the Jaden Hardy kid. Um, I'd like to see more out of him, and I think he's going to be getting more minutes now. Um, they got to get Maxi Kleba back. I mean, he's such he's such an important player for them. Just really so important to those to, to those Kleba at the five lineups in the playoffs last year that uh, shot teams out of series, and they're going to need him for sure. I think in order to be a contender, because um, I I I do think I, I just I just don't see Christian Wood in the playoffs necessarily him being like a major contributor at the end of games like in crunch time lineups maybe depending on the matchup but i think you're gonna want if, if he is out there then you might want Kleba too just to balance that front corner out defensively right um but i feel like i haven't talked about Kyrie at all so <laughs> but but this is kind of what we're talking about again like what team so so obviously Jokic is going to destroy the mavericks in if christian wood's out there yeah Outside of that, like and Kleba, like I mean, he's, yeah, this is. I mean, there's sure. Not, Outside of the Nuggets, though, I mean, are the Suns gonna be able to play? Well, probably they probably will be able, but they'll be able to play everybody off the floor. Like at that point, it's just gonna be an offensive series, you know? Yeah, I would assume. Yeah, I would assume. Yeah, <laughs> I think that that series would would probably come down to. Jason Kidd going to a more Kleba at the five look, and then it would just be Luca. Yeah, it, it would just be both teams hunting switches. But then, I mean, you would rather hunt, I think, some of the the players on Dallas more than you would on Phoenix. I mean, yeah. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I like Josh Green. I like that's his name, right? I'm not messing yeah, up yeah. his name. Okay, that's okay. Uh, you looked at me funny, so I was like, did I mess up his no, name? I like Josh Green, too. I like Josh Green. <laughs> I mean, I think Tim Hardaway is a com- uh, competent defender. Uh, yeah. A competent wing defender. Sure. Am I living in the past with above, that? Above, maybe, maybe, maybe competent is a bit strong. I would, I would say below average. It's better than Grayson Allen. That's yeah. what I consider competent. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, it, it yeah, I, I have no idea. If, I, I want to see that series purely because I have no idea how anyone's going to stop anybody in that series. Um, yeah, I mean, it would be it would be fun just because you would just get to see a ton of ball handlers just do work. Right. Like Kyrie, Luka, KD, and Booker just alone. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, oh, fine. You want to throw Christian Wood out? You, you want to throw Christian Wood out there? Then... I just feel like he's going to be exploited, whether it be in a traditional defense or 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 a switching scheme or anything. So I just feel like I feel like he he would be played out of that series. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they could they could play some some zone with him on the floor. 
Yeah. Especially against, like, the Clippers and the Suns. Like, I feel like that could work. Um, just based on... For stretches. Yeah, for stretches. But I mean, like, what the, the, those stretches are the stretches he's in the game for. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, and your point is, I mean, Christian Wood is their third best scorer, so you're going to want to find ways to get him in the game. Right. I just don't... I mean, best, he's their third best player. They just don't have anybody. Yeah, well, yeah. I, 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 yes, yes. He's their third most talented basketball player, probably. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> but in terms of, like, playoff value, that might not end up being being the case. But I get what you mean. Like, it, it's going to be big. They're going to be relying on a lot of new faces. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I don't love their roster right now. And I... So, do you think... Like, if they were to be able to get, like, Kelly Olenek in, in, in the buyout market... Like, do you, does that change anything for them? Like, let's say that they're able to add, it, like, Pat, Pat Ship Beverly and Kelly Olenek. Like, does that make them a contender in your eyes? I don't think so. I, I Like, I... I think... Look, like... like so, so what, what's going to help a lot? I mean, the offense is great when Luka's out there. Luka, Luka's awesome. You, now you have Kyrie. And, and, I mean, I'll just talk a little bit about what this could look like offensively. It's going to look amazing. I mean, Luka... Potentially the one of the best primary ball handlers in the game right now. Definitely one of the best primary ball handlers in the game right now. And then you've got Kyrie on the weak side. Like, he can attack closeouts. He can shoot. Their offense will just get much less... Like, it's going to be harder to get into a rhythm because Kyrie is always just constantly changing the pace that he's at in terms of even within the half court, but also pushing more, which is something Luka doesn't love to do. And I think they're just going to get a lot more variety and creativity and... And I think when Luca's off the ball, he's gonna, you know, be forced to have to try to do something as well. So right. we'll see okay, how that goes. Okay, okay. So you know, they do have Dwight Powell, who's not. He, I mean, he can play the five. Yeah. Uh, they have Javale McKee, um, but also they they got Markeith Morris in in the trade, who I, I mean is a nice piece. I think he's not what he used to be, but he's he's decent. Sure, he's a guy you can throw out. I just they just. I mean, right, we didn't mention Reggie Bullock, who's. Reggie Bullock is definitely going to be like he's a good. He's going to be like a thirty-plus minute player. Yeah. in these in these playoffs for sure. But the problem is, I just but, think. You're, but do 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 the Suns have a wing defender as good as Reggie Bullock right now? Well, this is what I mean. That series is just going to be a mess. I mean, but, Kat, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, Kevin Durant. You're not going to probably. They're no, probably not, not going to put Kevin Durant on like a wing matchup, but. Uh yeah, I think I think I'd take. Uh, well, Tory Craig. Yeah, I mean, but I don't think... I think Torrey Craig is a better... I think Torrey Craig's kind of overrated defensively, but... Yeah, I mean, I could see that, but... I mean, I just think you've got too many... It, just based on the roster, though, I mean, forget defense. I mean, you, you, just, get, you just don't know how many of these wings are going to actually produce anything. Yeah. I mean, just because either their role's been elevated or you're relying literally on a, a, new, a new face that you're going to have to throw in there. They just have a lot of fours and fives. And not like actual like wings, twos to threes that can play in lots of different lineups. Like I, I feel like, and and maybe this is not like the way you should evaluate things always. But I just don't know the eight or nine they're gonna play for the Mavericks. I know yeah. the eight or nine they're gonna play for the Suns. No, that's fair. And I know that they have. Well, the Suns right now is like seven. I mean, campaign and beyond. But no, but, right, but but I know that top seven just feels more solidified sure. to me than than the. Uh, that's fair. Mavericks. That's fair. So I just the, the 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 Mavericks have a coach and assist. Uh, well, what is his title? Player development coach. His name is God Sham God. 
Really? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> apparently he was drafted to the NBA in 1997, but that is a crazy... Oh, wait, no, Sham God. Okay, I, I, I know that name from something. Yeah, Dan Hansis on the Around the NFL podcast calls somebody Sham God. I okay, can't remember okay, who it is. Okay, that's probably why. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> that's, no, that's crazy. Um... No, it's hard to say, like, before the buyout stuff happens and before we see these teams play together, like, what, you know, what they're going to, what how it's all going to function. But I do think Luca Kyrie, Josh Green, Reggie Bullock, and, like, Markeith Morris, like, okay, maybe not. I don't know. I just feel like you're saying, you're saying a lot of names. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but, I mean. All right, all right. You're right. I don't know. Like, okay, and maybe I don't know. You are you are adding Kyrie Irving, and I gotta remember that. But Dorian Finney-Smith was just such an important player to plug holes in that in that team. It, okay, but what? But does and that... I get you're saying Mikael Bridges was such an important player for the Suns, but the Suns just I just I just trust them more defensively. They're just coached well, they've, really they've, well. They've been to the finals. Yeah, they've been to the finals. They already have a they top have, ten defense this year, and I know that's because of Mikael Bridges. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I just Jason Kidd's gonna get outcoached in every series, and I think <laughs> I mean right like. Probably, at least. Tyloo's a better coach. Malone's a better coach. Monty Williams a better coach. It's, yeah, I mean, I think so. It's yeah. likely that he's going to get outcoached in those series. But, I mean, I think something that, you know, something that you have to remember uh, th- is that Kyrie is a really good off-ball player, too. I mean, he's been playing off-ball Absolutely. with great players for pretty much his entire NBA career. Um... I, I, I'm interested to see how Book adjusts to having Kevin Durant. I, I mean, obviously they're going to be much better with Kevin Durant. Um, or they're going to be great with Kevin Durant. Um, but I, I do think offensively, the learning curve is going to be less for for these two to play together than with Kevin Durant. I mean, so, 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 okay, so, you know what, though? Kevin Durant did play in Golden State. So so here's why I think these are just like massive. And, and, I, know, and I know you're trying to just make the Mavericks fans feel a little bit better here. You, I mean, okay. the Kevin... Yeah, but... Because, because Kevin Durant... I mean, you're adding Kevin Durant. This is exciting for them. This is exciting for... If so you're here's Maverick why it's not exciting. <laughs> well, first of all, you have Kyrie Irving. That, that sounded like a bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, it was a bit. No, but first of all, it's Kyrie Irving, so, you know. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Se- second of all... We vehemently disagree with Kyrie Irving's no, views. No, uh, also, yeah, yeah but I who knows? You, you, you're, like, kind of scared that something might happen tomorrow or, like, before the playoffs. Who knows? Like, what... what who knows what's gonna happen with with Kyrie Irving, sure. like even just his injuries history. But also, this team had their best wing defender last year, okay. and they had they had a, a competent. It sounds like you're saying this team is better with Dorian Finney-Smith than with Kyrie Irving. No, I'm not saying that. I'm true. saying last year they had Dorian Finney-Smith and a borderline all-star secondary ball handler alongside Luka Doncic. Okay, yes, they needed to keep Jalen Brunson. Yeah, and so he, I'm saying like... He could have been part of this trade. So like, you can be excited that you got Kyrie Irving now, but you gave a first-round pick and your best wing defender, and you had Jalen Brunson last like, year. Like, imagine if just... instead of Dorian Finney-Smith, we were saying they're trading Jalen Brunson for Kyrie Irving. You'd be like, great, like, that's just an upgrade. You're not losing much. Yeah, but they, so they would have Dorian Finney-Smith then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you're, you're agreeing with me? I'm... Okay, no, I'm agreeing, yes. Well, no, my point is, <laughs> my point is they should have signed Jalen Brunson. Yes, yeah, no, exactly. They, they, they should have signed J- Jalen Brunson, and yeah, if he was the centerpiece of the deal, because I think, I don't know, maybe, I don't, I don't know what Brooklyn's really valuing right now. It's kind of hard to say. They have so many wings right now. But my point is, we saw the Mavericks make the conference finals last year, 
and they had you know they had an identity that worked a lot of the key to that to, to that to that success was Cleveland at the five Dorian Finney Smith guarding opponents best wings including Devin Booker in that series that they came back in and I mean and, and they had Jalen Brunson who's not Kyrie Irving he's definitely not Kyrie Irving but he's he 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 was taking that pressure off of Luka in terms of staggering the bench units okay. and being you know yes getting some usage so, I do not disagree with you uh, or, or that how I'm, I don't want to understand how important Dorian Finney Smith was to so, so so that's what I'm thinking just like uh, that, like I don't know if I was ever, like like yeah you'd definitely be excited because you're getting you know one of the, you're getting one of the most talented offensive players like we've ever seen but at the same time it's like how much better are you than last year's team I think you're better I think you are much better We'll see. I mean, well, it doesn't seem like you're confident they're going to like make the conference finals again. I mean, well, no, because I think and the West is I even worse than it was last year. They're worse than they were. It was last year, but there are two teams that are clearly better right now, in my opinion. And there are two teams that would beat that Maverick. I, the, the current Suns would beat last year's Mavericks with Kevin Durant, and the current Nuggets would beat last year's Mavericks, in my opinion. No, that makes sense. And 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 my point is like Dorian Finney-Smith. So, so if you have Dorian Finney-Smith in a Sun series, in the Sun series, right, versus like Josh Reed and Reggie Bullock, like what is the difference? What is the point? How many points per game is 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 of value? Like on defense and offense combined, is Dorian Finney-Smith adding? Is he taking away four points from Kevin Durant that he he wouldn't score? against the Mavericks, right? Or that he would score against the Mavericks as they're currently constructed? Or from Devin Booker? Is he taking away 8 points or 10 points? Like, I'm, I'm just curious. Like, what, what, I mean, I don't what know. Do you, I, know that, I know you can't actually... <laughs> I know you can't actually come up with, with that number. But, like, what 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 do you think... What, what, what do you think is the difference there? Like, right now, if the, if the Suns were to play the Mavericks in a 7-game in series... How 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 much is 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 Dorian Finney-Smith moving the needle f- for the Mavericks? Is he giving them? Is his defense so impactful and so important that he's moving the needle for them or in that series? Uh, well, no, because I think the Suns are going to win. Sure, sure. Either way, but but do I think it would give them a reasonably be- a ten percent better chance? Even yeah, definitely. Then with Kyrie Irving? Oh no 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 no! no. Oh no. Okay, so. Who? No, I think it's a wash, baby. But you gave you a... think it's a wash, really? No, no, not a wash. Okay, I think it's a wash. You still had Jalen Brunson. That, that that that's been my point that I've been trying to say. Okay, how many points? How many points per game do you think you're losing on defense? Like just a ballpark. I, I I'm just curious. Like, uh, like fifteen? You think I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, I know it's, it's just, hard you're to just say. you're just completely gonna take the offense out of their action. You're gonna force other people to shoot if you've got Dorian Finney Smith on. So it's gonna vary. But I, mean, I don't think that's true against the Suns or even against the, the 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 Nuggets in the West right now. Yeah, I mean Dorian Finney-Smith in the Nuggets series is an interesting. I, I think, like the way the way the teams in the West play offense right now. Like I I just I don't know if that is at. I mean it's. I just think adding someone like with Kyrie like there's a chance that Kyrie and Luca could score like a combined, you know. At ninety points or hundred points, not hundred points, but like eighty points or ninety points in a given in a given playoff game. And if you can get you know hot shooting from Reggie Bullock and Josh Green, who's shooting forty two percent from three this year, and you get 
10 points from Christian Wood or whatever, like, that can be a difference in a series, right? I mean, that's kind of my point. Like, this, No, I agree. I agree. This raises their ceiling. Yes. L- let me clarify. Do oh, I think they are better. I, I, I already said I think this will, this will raise their ceiling. I think that... But, and, but the, 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 given okay, given just like what trading for Kyrie Irving can entail, what could go wrong, sure, and the fact that they had a team last year that made the conference finals, had a, a, a you know a borderline All Star type secondary ball handler and good wing defense, and had a and got to that point, I'm just not I'm just not that excited where I'm at as a Mavericks as a Mavericks fan. Like, and I don't and I. I don't see them as contenders. I just don't. I, 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 okay, I, so and, and and I think I know. I, I think Josh Green and Reggie Bullock would play probably regardless. But I think beyond that, like, I, I, I think I'm just. I just don't know. A couple other players are gonna have to play too off the bench, and a lot of them are fours and fives, which like really complicates things now because because you're because you might need to play a more switchy style. I mean, not only. I mean, Luca likes to play that way offensively, but defensively, you might need to play that too. I just, I think the defense already sucked, and they were going to get played off the floor no matter what in the playoffs. And this gives them a chance to win maybe one extra series. And like, I think that's kind of just how you have to view it right now. Yeah, I mean, okay, I mean, they win an extra. Yeah, I mean, they win an extra series, and then you know, you sign Kyrie Irving for two more years. Or if Kyrie leaves, you've now opened up a max slot. I, I, I I don't know. I mean, some other stuff has to happen, but. It does give them some more flexibility going forward, even if Kyrie leaves. I think cap wise, even if Kyrie leaves, and I think like that is really important. Going like they 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 now have an asset that or well they now have a player who's like a top twelve player, fifteen player in the league, um, who they could sign and trade or they could even. I don't. You cannot trade. call Kyrie Irving a top twelve to fifteen player in the league right now. Why? Not asset. He's not a because, top because of this reason or that reason. I mean, that's why he went for a first round pick. I mean, because of this reason or that reason, he's well, not playing, pick causing and Dorian Finney Smith and, huh? and Dorian Finney Smith, who you're talking about as like the second coming of Jesus, <laughs> I mean, and and Spencer Dinwiddie. I'm saying why he's not. If he was a top 15, I mean, we, we, we I can I could I could tell you first round picks values of other players. No, no, no I don't Drew think, Holiday. He's not, not a three top, first he's round not picks. A top 15 asset. I, I will give you that. Yeah, sure. or or a top fifteen player. I just don't. Think I he's, think he's a top fifteen player. I mean, okay. The way he's played. This I'm season? saying I'm I'm when I say player, I'm combining like he's I mean it's a total package. Right? Sure, but I mean yeah. he's he's been an all star this year. Yeah, I mean on the like in terms of like talent level, sure. I don't know. I'm but, not like, even at talent level. The, what he's provided on the court this season. He's been a top he's been player. a top fifteen player, player in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I mean, he's been great this year. Yeah, sure. Like he he would he would have been on my bench on one of the All Star teams. Yeah, probably. So, okay. Yeah. 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 So sure, not not a top fifteen asset, but he's been a top fifteen player th- this year. Yeah. He's someone who probably is going to get you more value than Dinwiddie and, and Dorian Finney Smith in a trade going forward. Would be my guess. It's hard. So, to but know the thing that. is, like, okay, so like Kyrie Irving has to agree to a sign and trade. He can just opt out. He doesn't... He like, like Kyrie Irving, I mean, his personality... Like, what makes you think that he's definitely going to cooperate with the Mavericks and do a sign-and-trade or sign an extension? He can just he can just opt out and go to whatever team he wants. The Lakers can create cap space. Is he unrestricted? He'd he be unrestricted? I think so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, the, the Mavs do and you have... Rights. I don't know. You could the have Mavs sa- do have rights. You could have saved that pick and Dorian Finney-Smith for a real co-star that maybe fits a little bit better with Luka. 
going maybe. going forward. Maybe I mean I just like just, they, I feel like they needed to make a move because why? They, what do yeah, you mean why? Because if they lose they, in the first round this year, Luca is more likely to leave. Luca's Luca's twenty three years old. He's, I know he's twenty three years he's, old. He's early into his second NBA. Contract. But I mean, there's also there's also the the factor of like you need to keep him. In my opinion, like he can't be playing forty minutes a night, thirty eight minutes a night, and doing everything. And during the regular season, yeah, I think they, I think they should have resigned Jalen Brunson. Well, okay, yes, they, that, yes, yeah, I think, absolutely, they should have resigned. I mean, this like, is why I'm saying in totality, I'm just not excited about the Mavericks. I'm not that excited about the Mavericks. I I'm don't excited think, to watch them. I, I don't think, think they're contenders. Yeah, no, and I'll give you that. I don't think they're contenders. So, so you're gonna. This is where we disagree. No, I do not I trust enough players I, in this rotation. There, there are, there are five teams. I would. I mean, you were just saying you could see them beating the Suns in a, in a, in a seven-game series. I, no, I no, 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 no. It sounded like you were at least trying to play devil's advocate at that point. No, I don't think... That. I cannot... I, I mean, I think there is a higher chance of them beating the Suns than there, there is with Kyrie Irving than there is with Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie. That's all I'm saying. They're both like... Because at the end of the day, I mean, you can... you. The, the, the Suns are going to be able to divert more defensive attention to their top players than vice versa. I don't know if I agree with that. Because you, I mean, you have Chris Paul T, uh, and DeAndre Ayton. I mean, those are. Well, I mean, I guess, yeah. Like, I guess the. I, I don't know. I, no, that's true. That's true. I mean, your backcourt. That court, matters. I mean, there's just much bigger of a drop off from two to three. No, than, no, you're right. You're, your backcourt is pretty. Th- this backcourt is useless on defense. So what are you? I don't know. I, I mean, you're. you're you could have used that. I thought what the Mavericks were always kind of planning on doing was kind of going to stack a lot of these assets together and then do something bigger down the road. I don't know how you can be so confident that Kyrie Irving is going to be back as a Maverick or that he's going to cooperate in some kind of sign-and-trade scenario. We'll see, though. Well, I mean, I guess I think what's more likely is no one's going to be... The Mavericks can just offer him more than whatever anyone's going to be willing to offer him. It's, yeah, it's I, 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 yeah, I think that... Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, and I don't think he would have. I don't think. I don't think they would have made this trade. I don't think this trade would have happened if the Dallas didn't. If he wasn't. And then, do you think they can build a contender around around around? I mean, maybe you can. I, I don't think. Know. They, I think they can because they have. Some Kyrie's players. aging though too now, and that's. I mean that, and then you've got like the same defensive backcourt issues that we've had about Damon CJ all those years in Portland. I mean, better players, obviously. Well, I, I don't think it's the same thing. It's not the same thing. Luca's well, Luca's Luca's a bigger, much bigger body, so he's going to be yeah. less of a playoff liability. Although at his worst, he can't. I mean, he, he can't. no. I mean, Damon Damon CJ are like six three. And no, six that's two. true. That's true. So it's I, late. I, it's I, late. It is, <laughs> I think it's, it's different in that respect. Look, I, I there are there are five teams that I think are comfortably better than the Mavericks, and there's probably seven or eight teams that I would. I would take over the Mavericks uh, as a contender. Like you got two clear ones in the West, in the Suns and Nuggets. You've got the Clippers, who I think I would still take over the Mavericks right now. In the East, you have Milwaukee and Boston for sure, and you have Philly. And you know, I mean, Cleveland is probably better than the Mavericks. Maybe I don't know. Um, well, yeah, no, they're better because they have a worse version of the backcourt, but they're much better on defense in the front court. Um, but then there's that thing. I mean, yeah. But then there's just Luca in the playoffs. Yeah, and, no, exactly. you know, and Kyrie, dude. Yeah. yeah. Look. Well, uh, well, I mean, last year. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, sure. But, I mean, KD was on that team as well. Yeah. No, I know. I understand. But I don't know. I mean, I... I, I just just when, 
when taking into account where they were a year ago, where they are now, I would I felt better about the Mavericks like a year or like, well at least once they made the conference finals. Uh, if, if the Suns didn't have Kevin Durant, do you think the Mavericks how, would you view them differently? I just think I have the Ma- I th- I think I still have the Mavericks in in, in like what, a lo- lower than you do. Where do you have them fourth in the West? It depends. I mean, it depends everyone who's healthy and everything. Okay, no, I, if I, everyone's healthy. So if everyone is entirely healthy. Yeah. I mean, then I mean, then we could have some really interesting conversations, though. Like, because if I'm okay, getting fully Lakers. healthy Clippers, I'm getting the fully well, healthy. No, I'm Nuggets. assuming the Clippers are ahead of uh, ahead of the Mavericks. Okay, yeah, fully healthy Clippers, fully healthy Nuggets. You got Zion, Brandon Ingram. You got all those guys and. You know what? It, I, for some reason, I'm forgetting about the Pelicans. Yeah, I mean, they've been Grizzlies. terrible recently. And the Grizzlies, too. Okay, yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. I take it back. Okay. So we've been... <laughs> <laughs> I, for some reason, could... I always forget about the Grizzlies and, 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 and Pelicans. And give me... I don't know. If, you, if I'm getting fully healthy LeBron James and Anthony Davis and then a, comp- a competent supporting cast, I don't know. I mean, it's so tough to say because the Lakers have been, like so uneven for so long like i don't know i don't i it's very possible the mavericks don't think, get out of the first okay. round this does not ensure them getting out of the first round i don't think the mavericks are a contender i didn't think they were before i don't think i ever actually said that um i think it raises their ceiling as a contender like as a potential contender i think it, it does um i just think the mavericks have really they've kind of just screwed this all up that's what I've been saying. Uh, no, I know. I, I literally said they should have signed Jalen Brunson. But I do think like this is a move that they kind of had to make. Because, um, again, like I think they do need to win at least a series this year. Uh, or, or the pressure is going to really build up uh, on Luka. I, you know, Luka doesn't seem like he would want to leave. But you have to imagine like it is frustrating to be him in Dallas for these past few years. Uh, they've, they've, he's got no help. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah, and I mean, now it's, he has help. It's been even said mentally. before, but it's similar to LeBron's early years. Sure, Cleveland. but even but but LeBron, uh, like if LeBron back then, I mean, the the Cavaliers brought in, I don't know, like Allen Iverson. I mean, I, I do think maybe on paper they wouldn't be better, but I do think like that would have been. Well, LeBron, okay, you know what? That's not a good comparison because LeBron just does everything on the defensive end too, especially at that age. <laughs> um, but. I do think just even mentally for Luca, like just having someone like Kyrie on your team, mentally on the court, <laughs> having someone like Kyrie on the team, it just takes a lot of pressure off of him. You know, I think that's valuable. I mean, I absolutely think it's valuable. I think their offense is going to be awesome. Um, I think, I, I, I think. I'm just trying to. I'm, I'm just trying to be nice to the Mavericks, okay? I mean, the uh, Mavericks had the coolest title that I've ever seen in my life, so they have that. Yeah, they have the second coolest title I've ever seen. Well, okay, I'm saying objectively. Uh, we're you talking about the... Uh, I was talking about Pistons. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> the yeah, the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, subjectively, we've got, we got the Bucks. But, well, this has been a very, very strange podcast. <laughs> we've definitely talked in circles a little bit, forgotten some things here and there. It's very late. It's 2.20 a.m. Eastern Time. And we still got to talk about the <laughs> Apologize for, the, for, for some of the stuff here, but it... I mean, this is what it's like, you know. I mean, you got to go through this kind of thought process because we haven't seen these teams really play yet. <laughs> so we're completely yeah. kind of just projecting what we think might happen based on what we've watched before. And yeah, do, do you want to? Do you have any? Do you have any kind of closing thoughts on on what? Let, 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 yeah, why don't just just say your overall thoughts on you you you, you I, like this trade for the Mavericks? Oh, I think it makes them better. 
It makes them better. I, I think it makes them better too, as we both said. Yeah. I, I think it makes it. I think it makes them better. I think they needed to make a move, and this is the move they made. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, I kind of feel similar, like similarly too. Like I, I'm, I can't say that. Yeah, I can't say like wow, they shouldn't have made this move. But it's also just like I can't get super excited, and that's that's what I tried to say. I think before, like I just can't get super excited about the position the Mavericks are in. Okay, you said. How that? do I know Kyrie Irving is going to be on the roster? In- okay, sure. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I mean, there's there's the whole Kyrie Irving of it. Yeah, there's. Whole, I mean, I'm sorry if I'm taking that into account a little bit. I'm not usually going to going to with this kind of stuff, but like I have no, to. No, you have to. This is unpre. Kyrie Irving is unprecedented in terms of just like how his off court antics impact his reliability on the game. And just how fickle he is with, like, what team he wants to play for. No, that's true, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He did say he was signing in Boston. And then he just yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay. I, I, this is going to be fun to watch. They can they can, they can can win a couple playoff series. I would be surprised if they if they win more than two playoff series. Which, yeah. which I guess is going to be banking the finals. Yeah. So, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would be surprised if they won two, frankly. Yeah. Me, too. But and, I think before, I don't think they would have won one. You know, that's, I, that's kind of what I'm saying. I don't think they would have gotten out of the first round. Now I think they could. And is that really worth giving away? And, you know, is it, was it unprotected first round pick, right? Unprotected yeah. first round pick? Is that worth giving? I, I, In 2027, I mean, if Luca's around, that should not be a good pick. It's not a good pick, but you can package those picks together for a better player later. Whichever, like, your equivalent of your Donovan Mitchell, disgruntled Donovan Mitchell of next year. But do you think you can't accrue a first round pick for Kyrie Irving again? I'm just not convinced that he's going to... I just think he's going to opt gonna, out and go to, I don't know, wherever. No, I, I think he's definitely, definitely going to re-sign this summer. Okay. I mean, we'll I just see. I just don't think they make this trade if that's not part of it. But then it's like, you're out an aging Kyrie Irving, also with the off-court stuff, and it's it's just a, it's just like a mediocre roster. Yeah. No, I mean, the roster... <laughs> it's just, the roster sucks. I mean... Oh, it doesn't suck. Yeah, but... <laughs> I mean, we've talked about it before on this podcast. Just this roster is just not very good. It's aside from it's not very good. There, there were, yeah, there were some players I liked last year, and two of them are gone. Yeah, but you know what? They just beat they just beat Kawhi and Paul George with with Kyrie a couple nights ago. Now you might say one 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 regular season game doesn't matter, and that's true, but. yeah, no, we'll have to see going forward. And again, these teams are not fully formed. These teams are not fully formed. And sorry, guys, about like the, 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 the there's so many teams. The standings are so weird right now. You'll just forget about it. You'll forget that a team like exists or that. I was literally, I was thinking, I was thinking Nuggets, Suns, Clippers, and the the Kings. I completely, I completely. Oh no, yeah, you can't just go based on who's actually. <laughs> no, in the top I know, right I know, because I was just yeah. imagining, and then it's just like all jumbled up. Like that. if you're giving me full health, yeah, give me the Pelicans, give me the Grizzlies for sure, sure over the over the Mavericks. I right think now, those yeah. teams are probably better than the Mavericks. Um. All right. Let's. Uh, how long? How long have we been recording? An hour and ten minutes. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's quickly talk about the Nets. Um, I don't think we don't need to, we don't need to spend too much time on them, but. Is this the most disappointing team in NBA history? <laughs> uh yeah. Yeah. I mean once once James Harden got traded, are we saying that point or when Kyrie Just Katie in and Kyrie, totality. Like <laughs> including the we, Kevin Garnett trade. Yeah. No. But where we are now, where we were a year and a half ago, is this is this the most disappointing team in NBA history? And I think the answer is probably yes. 
Do you know? Do you know what the record was with what what the record was with Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kyrie and Kevin Durant playing together? Very good. Thirteen and three. This yes. team played sixteen games together. They probably had like a one thirty-five offensive rating. Yeah, it was probably something. Really oh, I mean that stretch. They looked amazing. No, it was when incredible. James Harden got there. Even even now, it's it's. <laughs> They were eighteen and two. Yeah, no, it's still Last crazy. Month. It's still crazy to think about it. Like the the, the, the they Nets, were a contender. I would have liked watching the Nets. Nick Claxton look has looked awesome this year. Yeah. They would have been fun to watch, and they would not. A, I don't know about a contender. Probably, no, maybe, definitely. Yeah, probably, probably. Yeah, yeah. If they gave up on, if they gave up on Ben Simmons in the rotation, probably. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. But I mean, they were eighteen and two before Kevin Durant got hurt. Kevin Durant got hurt, and now I. I you know, I mean, this team, uh, it, it, it's insane how differently we could be looking at this if James Harden doesn't get hurt in Game 1 against the Bucks, if Kyrie Irving doesn't get hurt in Game 4 against the Bucks, or if just the Nets win that series. Like, how different is the entire is the, does the entire landscape of the NBA look right now? Like, are the, did the Suns end up winning the finals? Like, and do they feel like they need to trade for Kevin Durant now? I mean, it's kind of crazy when... You, what you think about, you know, the dominoes? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that and that's that happens like every year with with, with in, in general, but but specifically like roster construction. Yeah. I mean, just like the biggest names in the sport would certainly be on in different places right now. Yeah. If we if we got to see that full, I mean, Gobert got traded basically because of that. Um, I mean, it was a year later. Even but. yeah, even in that. That first round series where James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant played, they looked phenomenal against the Celtics. Yeah. And that was a good Celtics team. I didn't, I didn't think Jalen Brown was out, but besides that, I mean... Um, yeah, certainly disappointing. I can't imagine being a Nets fan, like, what that feels like. I, right. Like, you, you, you never think, I mean, you're going to get this star level of talent in free agency. You probably thought Katie and Kyrie were going to the Knicks in the summer of 2019. Turns out you get them. Kyrie, or Katie's still injured from the season before. Kyrie's doesn't participate in the bubble which I'm I'm okay with that decision based on his reasoning. Um and then like just what happens? Like what how how do you get how do you get from being that excited about your those free agent acquisitions and then win one one playoff series? <laughs> yeah. With Kevin Durant and that, that's that's absolutely one playoff ridiculous. series. You know, the team as it's currently constructed on, on February 10th, Friday morning, February 10th, I, I think it's probably still a playoff team or playing team in the East at the very least. Um, so, and it, so it's like kind of hard to see like what, what, what exactly, how, what they're going to do here because they, well, they, they, they don't even have their own picks, right? So they don't, they have no incentive to like tank or anything like that. Um, these next couple of years. So, if they can, you know, some of these guys like Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, if they can slowly just accrue some more assets um, or and use the assets that they acquired in these two trades smartly, in two years they could be a really good team. Yeah, again. flip some of those assets into a disgruntled star who right. maybe still wants to be in New York area and just like, yeah, no, and I think you know in a way that's nice that they can still. You know, keep Jacques Vaughn on board, try to build a coherent plan for the next few years and not just, like, try to tank. Yeah. Because they don't have to... And, well, they, and they still have potentially valuable picks because the Suns, 
Those pick those Suns picks could be really good. I saw someone tweet the way to solve tanking is just to give every, give every team another team's picks. <laughs> That's a good point. I, I mean, I, it, it's going to be really interesting to, to watch, like a lot of these, how, how this pans out, because obviously, like the outlay of picks that we've been seeing in the last five years is unprecedented. Right. I mean, even the, today we saw how many second round picks traded, like yeah, seven. That, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know it was our first, but uh, still, though, the, the, there were like three, yeah, three different offers of five. Yeah, five first, second, round, second round, picks. round picks. Yeah. Yeah, for Sadiq, Jay Crowder, and uh, somebody else. Um, no, it is. It's interesting where they are. Like, I think. Um, I don't know. I think Joe. So they can make the playoffs this year. They, they probably will. Yeah, they will make the playoffs. They this probably year. will. So, so, what? Like, how, how? How? I mean, if I just pull up the roster, I just want, I just kind of want to see like what kind of lineups I can I can project or, and without going too in depth, as you said, I just because they have some really interesting players. I mean, they they. They have a lot of good NBA players, so... <laughs> no, they do, yeah. No, they absolutely you do. You still have Nick Claxton, who's had a breakout year. Dinwiddie with his return to Brooklyn. Yeah, and then you've got your... You've got the best player in the NBA, Dorian Finney-Smith. <laughs> you got Mikhail Bridges, Dorian Finney-Smith, trade chips. Ben Simmons. Cameron Johnson, Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal still somehow ended up on the... Now, how, tra- how bad does that trade look now? I mean, we were kind of like, why are they trading a first-round pick for Royce O'Neal when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are going to get traded? Well, look, if they can rotate like we think they can, maybe that first-round pick isn't, isn't so bad. And Royce They're going to be a tough out, I think, for anybody in the playoffs this year. I, I don't think they're going to win, but I think they'll be annoying as hell to play against. It'll be a good test of, like, do you need, like, a, like a, a one? like do Or do not a one as in, like, a point guard, but do, like, do you need, like... A some, number one player? Yeah, do you, need, or do you need, like... Can you just, like... Like, it's so strange to have all these talented players gathered together in February... And none of them are primary scorers or used to that responsibility. Like, it's just, it's going to be so weird. Look, we've, people have been saying, you know, if you just build a team around Ben Simmons, he'll look amazing. <laughs> I mean, I, I that's kind of what they, that's kind of what they, what happened. I think, I, you know, I think we're going to see like uh, international Patty Mills style, style basketball. Like, he's had some great moments in Australia, right? Yeah. Wait, so from I, who? From him? Yeah. No, no, they're gonna they're gonna give him uh, like like a thirty percent usage. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. But it'll 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 be interesting. Too, yeah, they have Steph Curry too, who's who hasn't played much this season. So, um, they'll I I I I am all of a sudden just like really excited to watch the Nets on like uh, league pass. Like I think just think it'll be so interesting. It'll be interesting to follow them for the next two years. I don't think you have to. It's it. I do think it's the most disappointing NBA team of all time. Um, at least since I've been watching basketball. But I, I think there are other situations where teams have imploded or teams have, you know, not um, lived up to expectations and the team blows up without accruing anything, any sort of assets. Um, but the Nets, I think, are in a, just a decent position going forward. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's the one benefit of its stars asking for trades. I mean, you know, you're not free agency is kind of obsolete to a certain extent now, so you all these teams are getting assets usually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we'll 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 see. They'll be very interesting to monitor even this year, and I'm sure we'll talk about them again soon. But uh, yeah, uh, the end of an era. I mean, we we I we probably both thought it was going to be this summer. There's no way that they were going to keep both of those guys. I mean, is it an era if it didn't happen? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's still an era. <laughs> yeah, yes. But uh, I, yeah. I mean, this wasn't going to last long. I thought they could have one playoff run where maybe they could, we, we could see what could finally happen with 
both Katie and Kyrie at least playing for most of the season this season. Like last season, they had Katie and Kyrie, but like Kyrie because of the vaccine played like twenty games, something like that. Yeah, I mean they had all three last season still for the first half of the season. Yeah, for the first half of the season. No, it's yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, you know when when they traded for James Harden, we thought, oh god, here's another super team. Like the rest of the league has no chance, um, and it just it didn't play out that way. And again, like they were, they were really, they were, they were close. I mean, they could have very easily won the title that year. I think they would have, if all three were healthy. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they destroyed the Bucks in the first two games. Remember initially when they got traded, there were just like a lot of people saying like, "There's only one ball. This isn't gonna work." <laughs> I, I just, I just didn't think. I, I just, come on. Uh, man. Yeah, I mean, it is true. There is only one ball. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's true of every sport. No. Well, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're not going into that. Um, all right. Uh, I think that is going to be it for us. Um, please leave a review if you did enjoy uh, this rambly conversation. Uh, this is why we do research and preparation usually. We'll just go off the rails. Yeah, that. exactly. Um, if you did enjoy, please make sure you uh, rate us on wherever you're listening to this podcast. Like I said at the top of the show. Email us at clearoutpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at Twitter uh, at clearoutpod. Um, and please enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the rest of the NBA season. It is going to be a heck of a ride going forward. And I'm really excited to watch it. See you guys next time. Bye.